0: Hallelujah. Amen. As kids' church is dismissed, amen, we can go to the word of the Lord tonight. Amen. Uh, the book of Romans, we are finally there. We are going to finish up Romans tonight, part nine. Takes us nine services to cover what Paul probably wrote in half an hour. Romans 1 and 16, the the, the text for this whole series and really the uh the theme of the whole book. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, The just shall live by faith. Amen. Turn to you few people and greet them in the name of the Lord Jesus. And you may be seated tonight. Amen. So uh, just a brief recap as we've uh, finishing up the book, chapters 1, 2, and 3 talked about how uh, deprived man is, uh, the Gentiles in chapter 1, Jews in chapter 2, and uh, chapter 3. Obviously, we all have fallen short and we all need help uh, to get out of our situation uh, fighting against sin. Uh, and so it, Paul introduces us that we all have a problem. There's a problem that every single person has. Doesn't matter Jew or Gentile. Uh, we all have the problem and we all need to be saved. And that comes in with the, the gospel of Jesus Christ uh, has the power of God unto salvation. But you got to believe and you got to obey. Believing in it is going to lead you to obedience. Uh, And so you can't just say, I believe and that's it, because to truly believe, it's going to affect how you do things and how you live. Uh, And so obviously, uh, Paul continues on in in chapters 4 and 5, talking about Abraham and David and and blessings of being justified in the eyes of God, bringing us out this, this journey, I guess, through the book of Romans, starting off in the pit. And, 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 and God slowly bringing us out. Um, chapter 7 explains uh, the ability uh, uh, of, of, of how strong sin is in our flesh, how it cannot do anything against the power of sin. And, and so we need some help. Chapter 8 comes to deliver us with the, the, the spirit of God is the thing, the tool that God gives us to uh, live the life that he has called us to live. Uh, and, and so uh, as great as that is, the greatest gift that any man can ever receive is the Holy Ghost. Uh, and so as as much power as that gives to the believer uh, to live in the fight in this world, that does not mean uh, being Holy Ghost-filled, does not mean that we are going to not experience any bad times or hardships. Uh, because as Paul uh says if we want to share in his inheritance, we have to share in his suffering. Uh, so expect some sh- suffering in your life. We could all probably say amen to that as well. Uh, and so the, uh, w- the purpose of suffering, obviously, is to be more like Christ because he suffered. Uh, and so to get rid of those things that are, are holding us back or weighing us down, any weights or things uh, that is preventing us from going to the next level, if you will. The next uh, level of anointing and calling and relationship with Jesus, uh, many times we have to go through a furnace, a fire to, to get those things out. And so as much as we don't like trials and tribulations, we have to look at it from the perspective that, hey, this is going to do me some good. It's going to cause some pain. Uh, it may cause some heartache, but in the end, I'm going to be better off because I went through that, and we're not going to be left alone. God will be there with us Uh, through it all. Uh, In chapters 9 through 11 Paul addresses the the state of Israel in their unbelief and how we got grafted in uh, to be a part of all of this and so we're grateful for their unbelief uh, but we're going to rejoice all together when they finally come to belief uh, and their eyes are opened to uh, the Messiah Jesus Christ and that will usher in uh, the end time uh, and the, the kingdom of heaven on earth, uh, like we've never seen before and never will. That's, that's, that's the end all end all there. And so Israel needs to wake up, right? Uh, and, and so uh, after explaining all of that, he moves to chapter 12 is the pra- start beginning the practical part of the book uh, of how we are to live as believers. Uh, we are to be a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. After, after where we've come from in chapter 1, in the, in the pits of sin, now we've brought up to chapter 12, living a holy life, righteous, uh, filled life. And so we should, uh, our reasonable service is to be that living sacrifice, uh, whatever God wants us to do. Because he can easily just let us go and we'll end up back down, rolling back down the hill in the chapter 1 where we started from. Uh, and so we have a, a duty, a reasonable service as a servant of the Most High uh, to, to live the life He's called us to live. And we are without excuse with that because we are filled with His Spirit. Which gives us everything that we need uh, to do that. And so we, no excuse is going to do in the eyes of God. Because we have everything and God has provided everything for us. Uh, and so we need to do our part uh, and, and so last week uh, we, we dove in uh, started talking about Paul uh, and how we are to live in this world uh, apart not apart but uh, outside of the church. I mean in, in the church body we have this own little world that we live in and um, Uh, But we still live in this fallen world. We still are citizens of a country. And uh, chapter 13, Paul explains to uh, the believers how we need to conduct ourselves in this world that we live in with the governments that we are uh, are under. So we have to submit ourselves to the authorities um, because God has granted them the power that they have. And uh, they are his ministers, as he said, in fighting evil. And, and we know that the root of all evil is, is, a, is a spiritual battle. But uh, the spirit world manifests itself in the physical. And the governments obviously don't have the power to, to fight the spiritual darkness. Uh, they can have that power if they'd all get go to church. And go to an apostolic church and get Holy Ghost filled. Then they can have the power to do that. But uh, uh, now they just have, without that, they're just empowered to fight and arrest the physical evil. Uh, And the church is empowered to handle and fight the spiritual wickedness. And so in an ideal country, the government and the church would be working together, hand in hand, as, as close as you want to. Uh, to fight off evil, right? They'll handle the physical part. The church handles the spiritual part. Uh, and, but when you're dealing with an unregenerated man and they are given power, uh, whether they know it's from God or not, they have power. What happens is governments and kings tend to forget where the real power is and where it comes from. And that is from God. And it is also in the church of the living God. Countries will make it illegal to assemble like we are tonight. We are blessed to be able to be here, uh, to to, to do what we want to do here. Uh, Many countries in this world, we cannot do this. You'd be shot and killed, and then you wouldn't have to worry about anything, would you? Uh, And and so um, obviously there's consequences in those countries for putting a, a, a lid on the church. But uh, the church is going to survive and thrive no matter what government, no matter what country it is, The church, because you cannot kill the church. Uh, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church, and it doesn't matter if it's a communist, dictators, or, or wherever it is, there's always going to be a church. Why? Because that's God's purpose and his plan for this world. Uh, and so uh, being a part of the church is a, is a blessing. Uh, we're even more blessed that we can assemble like this. Uh, but you know they—they they say the biggest church in the world is the underground church in China. Who only God only knows how much how big that church is there, because they can't do this. Uh, but that's not going to stop uh, a living, breathing church. And, and so um, we obviously don't have that problem of us not being able to assemble. Uh, but what I think maybe our problem is is that our government focuses so much on the separation of church and state, uh, which is good for us. We like that. Uh, but it's not good for the state because if they're trying to stay as far away from the church as possible, there's, there's ramifications for that, whether they care or not. Uh, you can't stay that distant from God and push God out of everything and not have an impact on your life or your country as a whole. I mean, and look at us now. I mean, our, we, I, I can't say that we're a Christian nation. I mean, there's no way in my, in my mind that we, uh, that we present that. Uh, but um, the reason why our world looks like it does is, I believe, of the big push in the 60s to remove God uh, from state, from everything that it can in our society and so we are left to our own doom when we do that, uh, when the governments do that. And so we are act, when we actively remove God, we are literally cutting off the limb on which we are standing upon. And that only leaves us, uh, again, rolling back to chapters one, uh, chapter 1 where we as Gentiles uh, started from. And so uh, left alone, man does not do well on his own. And pushing God out, uh, we're just asking for trouble and, you know, the look look around and see what, what we're getting for all of that. And so, but nonetheless, uh, we are to submit to the higher powers, as Paul talks about, uh, unless they go against the laws and commandments of God. And then we have that choice to make, that hard choice, because if we disobey the government and o- obey God, we're going to face consequences because uh, of the government uh, has the, the power that they have. Uh, but uh, if we are living like Jesus is coming back soon, uh, that choice should not be a difficult one for a believer if we are living like Jesus is coming back soon, that we shouldn't really have any problems in our lives with friends or family members or issues that we think are so big and grand. they're not really all that big when you compare it to uh, the, the rapture or not, or whether you want to make it. Uh, and, and so Paul then started to mention in chapter 14 uh, about some differences that fellow believers might have. And he mentioned Uh, Those special days or holidays some people observe and some people abstain from. And Paul specifically says not to judge one another based on those differences. You see, we have have all come so far. And we were all stuck in chapter 1. And that is where you and I were living, living in sin, living far from God. Uh, But God, thankfully, God had a plan for us to get us out of chapter 1 and to get us to chapter 12 where we can live a a righteous life, uh, uh, holy and acceptable unto God. Um, And and so he washed away our sins, uh, wiped away our shortcomings, carried us through all those chapters. uh, And when we got to chapter 12, Paul starts telling us how we should be living. And if no... If a no-good, dirty, rotten sinner can now have fellowship with the Almighty God, then surely we can all get along, right? Surely we can get along. Even still, we have differences. Uh, They can't, you know, our differences cannot be uh, of sin or doctrine-related. That's what brings us together is our doctrine, uh, but uh, these uh, customs, belief on things, uh, obviously, if it it has to align with the word of God. But not everything is in there. Not everything's black and white. There's a lot of gray, uh, especially in our lives and our family traditions or, or whatever. Uh, but as as deep as uh, uh, the divide was between us and God, surely we can all get along. And um, nothing should be so severe that we are not able to get along. Uh, It's like there's two mountaintops, uh, which represent two people in the church or uh, in the body. And there's a valley between them, which may represent differencing opinions on certain things. Um, um, And uh, there's a bridge that connects both mountaintops. Um, whether it be a rope bridge or a, or a steel bridge, I prefer a steel bridge, uh, but with the heights uh, that mountain peaks create, uh, the way that you're going to cross that bridge is not to look down, it is not to start judging how far you are from the bottom, uh, or how high you are off the ground, if you keep your eyes straight ahead, you'll be able to walk across any impasse, any kind of bridge, uh, than if you're just constantly looking down at the ground um, and, and how how far you are. Uh, when things get shaky and, and difficult to cross, is, is maybe there's too much judging going on uh, between the two, and, and you are focusing on those things. And, and that is why Paul was reiterating um, about not to judge about whatever little differences we may have in our lives, uh, again, it's not, it's not about doctrine and all those things. It's, 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 in Paul's mind, he says it's it, meaningless things. talked about the, the meat and, and holidays, certain holidays and all those things. Um, and, and so, um, but there is no greater separation, there is no deeper divide than the divide between a sinner and a holy God. And so it doesn't matter what somebody did to you or what they said to you, uh, it is not deeper than that separation that you had with God. Uh, and if Jesus died so that a bridge can be built between you and him, then we are without excuse for not getting along. Uh, and, and if we're not getting along, then there may be a lot of judging happening, and, uh, but it, it seems like a good reason. Uh, again, I'm not saying that uh, there's a lot of that There's that happening in the church. We're just reading through uh, Romans, and this is what he's talking about. So we have to talk about it as if it's, if it's happening. Uh, and, and so uh, Paul moves into chapter 15 by continuing the thought that he had in chapter 14. Romans 15 and 1. Uh, we then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak... And not to please ourselves. And so here is another decision that we have to make. Are we going to be a strong apostolic believer or are we going to be a weak one? Uh, I have a feeling that if I were to ask everybody here, we'd all have the same answer, right? We would all say that we, we want to be strong and we don't want to be weak. We don't want to be a weak apostolic. And so, uh, so we then who... Uh, are going to say we want to be strong, uh, we that are strong or desiring to be strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak uh, and not to please ourselves. And so if, if there are no professed weak Christians, um, then we should all be getting along easy peasy, right? Um, and, and so I'm not saying that we're not getting along, just talking about what Paul's talking about. Uh, uh, and so maybe there are not any weak ones among us, but maybe could it be that we're just all out to please ourselves. And that can cause problems. Uh, and so that can be an issue too. Uh, chapter verse 2, let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification. Uh, and so it seems like Paul is, is trying to drive home the point that our needs our desires, our wants, and our feelings obviously they are important, uh, but they should come second when somebody else is around, especially somebody who's in need, uh, somebody who is weak uh, in the faith or doesn't, or, or is a newcomer to the church, or, or all these things. All of a sudden, uh, our needs should not be priority, uh, but uh, we should uh, let every one of us uh, please his neighbor for his good, not our good, uh, for his good. Uh, because if we are strong, like we say we want to be, then we can handle or, or we can bear uh, the infirmities, the, the shortcomings, the differences, the cries or the complaints or the whining from those that are weak. If we're strong, we can handle those things, right? But if if we think we're strong and then we start getting in a whiny war, uh, that, that maybe tells a lot about us, doesn't it? Um, uh, and so he goes on to say, for, verse 3, for even Christ pleased not himself. So we are to be like Christ. And I know that that's a cl- cliche, obviously. Uh, but here in this aspect, even Christ pleased not himself. But as it is written, the reproaches of them that reproach thee fell on me. Uh, so Christ pleased not himself, but he put the needs of others first. Uh, above his own, and, and so we want to be like Christ, right? That is, that is what a Christian means, to be Christ-like, and so therefore, we want to be like Christ, and so we should not be a, a concerned about pleasing ourselves, but be pleasing others uh, to the edification of them. Whatever it takes to help our brother or sister out uh, to, to, to grow, uh, if that means putting my needs second, that's, that's what our attitude should be. Um, And uh, Paul is addressing this in verse 4. For whatsoever things are written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. And so by studying the examples of godly men and women in scripture who have lived before us, we have the benefit. Of being able to look at their lives and to see how they reacted and how they responded, to see the choices that they made, whether they be good or bad, and we are able to see the benefits or the consequences for somebody else's actions in relation to God. Uh, that's that's like that's called a shortcut. Uh, you want shortcuts in life? Read the Bible. There's plenty of them because you get to see the, 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 the uh, other people's lives and say, well, they did that and that happened, so I'm not going to do that. That's a shortcut to help you grow in Christ. Um, and uh, that is we, we can benefit from those things. Um, the choices that they made, we can learn from them. And because of this, we can learn to have patience in trials and to take comfort in knowing that God is going to help us, no matter the situation. You describe your situation, and you you'll probably you'll be able to find somebody in the Bible who went through something similar. Obviously, obviously we're different times, and there's different things in our lives. And I mean, they didn't have uh, TV and uh, all that kind of issues back then. But uh, there's principles that can. We can pull out from the Bible that apply to our life and our situation that somebody else has been through that. And if, it's, if, you, if you want a, a perfect example, there's got to be somebody in the church who went through something similar. As, as diverse as we are as a body, we've all been through, Somebody's here has been through something that you're going through. Uh, and so we can take comfort in knowing this, um, that God is going to help us. Because from those things that were written aforetime, what I have observed in reading those uh, accounts in the Bible is that God is always going to be there. That's one thing I've learned. God's always going to be there. He's not going to leave his people. He's not going to forsake them. Uh, Even when hard times come, we see that the righteous, that those who continue to keep their eyes on the Lord and to obey his commandments... Even when trials or tribulations come and judgment happens, those that are living by faith are then called the remnant those who are going to remain, those who are not going to be destroyed by their trial, uh, but they always come out of it stronger and tougher and more blessed and and more anointed than before. Why? Because God has been there, in there with them through it all, and and he's not going to leave his his people forsaking them, uh, especially those who adhere to his word. Uh, He's always going to look out for them. Uh, and so those are the things that I see uh, 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 that were written aforetime that are for us, us to learn from is that God is faithful. God is always going to be there. Uh, we just have to make sure we're always there with him and always aligned with his word. And so ri- written for our learning that we through patience and, and comfort of the scriptures, we might have hope uh, that know that God's going to be there and bring us through. Now the God of patience and consolation grant to you uh, be like-minded one another according to Christ Jesus, that ye may with one mind and one mouth glorify God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Wherefore, receive ye one another, as Christ also received us to the glory of God. And so, um, yeah, we may have differences among us, uh, chapter 14, but... Hey, we're still, we're, we're, we got to be able to get along so that we can speak with, with one mind and one mouth, glorifying God all together as one body, right? Now, verse 8, now I say that Jesus Christ was a minister of the circumcision for the truth of God to confirm the promises made unto the fathers, that the Gentiles Uh, that's you and I, that we might glorify God for his mercy. How many are thankful for the mercy of God? We give him uh, praise and glory every single day. Uh, As it is written, For this cause I will confess to thee among the Gentiles and sing unto thy name. And again he saith, Rejoice, ye Gentiles, with his people. And again, Praise the Lord, all ye Gentiles, and laud him, all ye people." And so this is why, this is what happens tonight uh, when we Gentiles, when we get together, we just can't stop worshiping God. We just can't stop praising the Lord. We can't stop singing and, and worshiping and clapping our hands because of his mercies and grace. We get to rejoice with, with, with the people of God, as the people of God, uh, because uh, we, we really shouldn't be here. We should be stuck in chapter 1, right? Uh, but thanks be to God, and so uh, rejoice, ye Gentiles. Amen. We, we just love getting together and worshiping God because God has done so much for us and brought us so far. Uh, amen. We can't stop but, uh, can't help but to praise him. In um, verse 12, again, Isaiah, Isaiah said, uh, there shall be a root of Jesse, and he that shall rise to reign over the Gentiles, in him shall the Gentiles trust. Uh, That is Jesus Christ. Uh, It's okay if he rules over us. Uh, We trust in him and he is the king of kings and lords of lords, right? We wouldn't be here without him. Now now the God of hope fill you all, uh, fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Now let me read that again. The, The God of hope fill you all. Fill you with all hope. So we are to be filled with all joy and peace in believing, that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. So the Holy Ghost, from what I'm understanding, gives us, fills us with joy, all joy and peace. Uh, so that we can live, a, a, live a, a life that is filled with hope, that this is not the end. Now, no matter how dark it gets out in the world, hey, that has no effect on, on what God has given me, the Holy Ghost. That gives me joy. That gives me peace. That gives me hope that I know that I'm not alone in this world, uh, that he's, he's going to be there with me. Uh, and so we should all be filled with joy and peace and living in hope. Through the power of the Holy Ghost. And so, if we don't have joy, what's, there's a problem, right? If we don't have inner peace, something's going on. If we aren't abounding in hope, then, then something is not right. It's not the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost didn't break down and, and run out of oil and lock up. Uh, that, that's not the problem. Some, there's a problem that's on our part. Uh, because here in the verse, the Holy Ghost gives us the power to have all of those things, all hope and peace and joy. Uh, and so if that those things are absent in our life, we got to figure out what the issue is. Because we have, uh, God has given us access to all that. If you if you need more joy in your life, get a hold of the Holy Ghost. Let it start flowing out of you. You need more peace in your life, uh, start praying and, and let the, the rivers of living water start pouring out. And all of a sudden, you're going to be at peace. Peace, uh, that doesn't mean we'll have peace in this, uh, in this world or with this world, but we're going to have peace with God. And that's what peace that matters, right? Uh, and so um, verse 14, I and I myself am also persuaded of you, my brethren, that you are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, able to admonish one another. Um, that doesn't matter your differences, you're able to, uh, to get along. Uh, Nevertheless, brethren, I have written the more boldly unto you in some sort as putting you in mind because of the grace of God that is is given to me of God that I should be the minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God that the offering up of the Gentiles might be acceptable, be sanctified by the Holy Ghost. I have therefore whereof I may glory through Jesus Christ in those things which pertain to God. For I will not dare to speak of any of those things which Christ has not wrought by me, to make the Gentiles obedient by word and deed, Uh, through mighty signs and wonders by the power of the Spirit of God, so that all from Jerusalem and round about unto uh, Illyricum, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. Yea, so have I strived to preach the gospel, not where Christ was named, meaning uh, where it's been, already been preached, uh, lest I should build upon another man's foundation. And so um, uh, Paul's not going to, uh, he wasn't going to cities where there already was a church because he's like there's, there's no need, there's, there's already a church there. I'm going to go where there's no there's no city and there's no church and so I can start preaching the gospel because it's already being preached in that city. Uh, I'm not going to build upon another man's foundation, uh, another uh, pastor, or local church there. Um, I'm not going to build upon that. I'm going to go preach to the sinners and and start churches elsewhere. Uh, and so, um, but as it is written, to whom he was not spoken of, they shall see, and they that have. Not heard shall understand. Uh, For which cause also I have been much hindered from coming to you. Uh, He's been out starting churches. That's been holding him up. He wants to come there to Rome to see everybody. He knows a lot of people there, so he wants to go there. But he's too busy starting churches, and it's kind of taking up his time. Uh, uh, And so, but now having no place in these parts and having a great desire These many years to come unto you. Uh, And so he plainly states that he really wants to come to Rome and to see the church there, to see the believers there. Not random sinners. He's not writing this letter to random sinners. Um, uh, This is to the uh, church at Rome who have already been born again. That's why we don't go to Romans to find out about salvation uh, we go to the book of Acts because uh, there would be no Romans if there wasn't no Acts. Not because it just uh, that's the way it's in the Bible, but in, in Acts is where all the churches were started. Uh, and so and the Holy Ghost was poured out. And so uh, somewhere somebody from Acts ended up starting it, their church in Rome. And so Paul was able to write to the Romans, uh, the righteous Romans as we call them. And, and so... Um, Paul is going to go to places that don't have a church and to start one. That is his primary objective, and that is what he feels is his calling, is to be a missionary and apostle to the Gentiles. Uh, And so, whensoever I take my journey to Spain, I will come unto you, for I trust to see you in my journey and to be brought on my way uh, thitherward by you. If first I be somewhat filled with your company, but now I go unto Jerusalem to minister unto the saints, uh, for it has pleased them of Macedonia and Achaia to make certain contribution for the poor saints which are at Jerusalem. Um, Obviously, Jerusalem is the headquarters of the church, um, and he's going there. Uh, The the churches that helped start in Macedonia and Achaia, they, they took up an offering. They felt led to take up an offering uh, to give to the Jerusalem church, the, the, the poor saints, as he says. And so now Paul's uh, going to Jerusalem to deliver a bag full of money uh, from one church to another church. It's helping brothers and sisters out, uh, those that are in need. And, and so uh, verse 27, it hath pleased them verily, uh, and their debtors they are. For if the Gentiles have been made partakers of their spiritual things... Their duty is also to minister unto them in the carnal things. And so uh, the Gentiles are just happy to be here and and say, hey, if somebody needs some some money, here, I'll give them. I'll give them some money, send them some money uh, that I can bless them uh, because I'm happy to be a part of the church. Uh, And so uh, we do that as well, uh, the offering envelope, something's called Faith Promise, uh, that's all the money that's in, in Faith Promise. We we help send out to missionaries. Uh, it, it helps go to uh, building fund. It help goes to uh, orphanages. Uh, a lot of the faith promise goes outside these walls so that we can bless other churches and help help get other churches started, other apostles, other ministers, whatever the needs are out there, hey, we're blessed. God has blessed us so we can give, a, give an offering and faith promise, say, hey, I'm going to help send some money out to somebody else to help, maybe I can save a soul, uh, a soul can be saved with this money I'm sending out, and God's going to bless us uh, for contributing and giving to other churches and other poor saints, if you will, or those that have not, uh, because uh, uh, God has done so much for us and blessed us that we can, we can do that. And so um, if you're wondering what that is, uh, uh, you'll be blessed by giving the faith promise. Uh, God will bless you for that because you are blessing others and helping start churches across the world uh, because of that. Amen. And so uh, musicians, if you would come. But when, therefore, I have performed this and have sealed to them this fruit, I will come to you by spain. He's like, I got a bag of money. I got to drop it off. And then hopefully I can come and visit you guys. And and I am sure that when I come to you, I shall come in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. Now I beseech you, brethren, by, for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake, for the love of the Spirit, that ye strive together with me in your prayers to God for me, that I may be delivered from them that do not believe in Judea, and that my service which I have for Jerusalem may be accepted of the saints. Obviously, uh, Jerusalem is, is the, Gent- is the Jew church, Jewish church, uh, Jewish believers, uh, and, and Paul's out getting money from Gentiles that they want to give to them. And so obviously uh, not every Jew in Jerusalem is, is a born-again believer. Uh, a lot of them are uh, rejecting that. Um, and, and so he's asking for their prayers as he goes there. That I may come unto you with joy by the will of God and may be with you refreshed. Now the, the God of peace be with you all. Amen. And, and so now moving to the last chapter of Romans Uh, Paul begins to mention uh, people by name who he knows are there in the church at Rome. Uh, Romans 16 and 1, I commend unto you Phoebe, our sister, which is a servant of the Lord, which is at uh, Chintria, uh, that ye receive her in the Lord as becometh saints, that ye assist her in whatsoever business she has need of you. Uh, for she hath been a succour of many and of myself also. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my helpers in Christ Jesus, who have for my life laid down their own necks, unto whom not only I give thanks, but also the churches of the Gentiles. Um, Without Paul, uh, we'd be missing a lot, wouldn't we? And so Priscilla and Aquila... uh, uh, they stepped in and they helped Paul out, uh, and so he's thanking them because he knows they're there in Rome. Likewise, greet the church that is in their house. So obviously, Romans was written to the church, uh, not some sinners. And so you don't, you don't go to Romans to find out how to get saved. They're already saved. You're missing a whole lot when you just skip the Romans uh, because the church is already established. Uh, and so likewise, greet the church that is in their house. Salute my well-beloved Epinetus to who is the first fruits of Achaia and unto Christ. Uh, and so uh, we, we know from the last chapter that uh, Romans was written to Holy Ghost-filled believers. Uh, and so you don't go here to find out about salvation. Uh, if you do go to Romans first, and a lot of churches and a lot of denominations go, go for Romans this is where uh, salvation starts for them where they believe. Your doctrine's going to end up looking like this. Just believe and live by faith. Romans 10 and 9, that if thou confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and thou shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Uh, many churches out there, this is, this is their Acts 238. Uh, as much as we, you know, Acts 2:38, the the way, the steps of salvation. This is there, Acts 2:38, uh, and obviously they need to first read chapter 16 first to realize, hey, the church has already started. Let me go before that. And how the how did the church get started? Well, Acts 2:38, 2:38 started the church. So uh, that's where you need to go. Uh, fill out this decision card, and you'll go to heaven. That's uh, with that, you skip all that was preached in the book of Acts. Uh, and so there would not even be uh, the church at Rome if there wasn't a book of Acts. Um, verse 17, "Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned and avoid them. So the Roman, the, the Romans, the church there, they already have a doctrine, and Paul knows what that doctrine is uh, because he knows what was preached in Acts, what he was preaching. His gospel is the same as the, what Peter was preaching. So he knows there's only one gospel. There's only one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and if it's a, the church that has been established in Rome, a Holy Ghost filled church, he knows what their doctrine is. He hasn't even, he hasn't even written them a letter yet, and so... Um, uh, how then does Romans 10 and 9 bear any weight in salvation if he hasn't even written this letter yet? It's not like they're just sitting around. Uh, what, we don't know what to do yet. We're waiting for Paul's, for Paul's letter to come so we have the doctrine to believe. No, Paul says, you guys already have a doctrine, and I know what the doctrine is. We all have the same doctrine. Uh, and, and so... Um, uh, the doctrine is, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Uh, and so Paul is saying, anybody that is contrary to that doctrine the doctrine that we share then those you need a mark you need to put a mark on them and say hey they're preaching a false doctrine not the thing that the Apostles preached uh, and so mark them um, uh, avoid them because they're contrary to the the, the true gospel uh, of Jesus Christ they they' they're, they're not what they're preaching is not you're not going to be able to be saved with uh, because our text verse Romans 1:16. Uh, for the gospel, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. And so the pure gospel, the one that is preached, is the only thing that has the power to save people. And if you're not preaching the, 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 the right gospel, people are not getting saved. Uh, preaching uh, Romans 10 and 9 people are not getting saved they're just filling out decision cards um, and they're they're thinking they're saved and they're even harder to to preach to because they think they're already saved uh, they're they're living by a false hope and a false doctrine because they haven't received the, the true gospel of Jesus Christ uh, and so Paul says watch out for them uh, uh, I'm not even I don't even have to write spell out what the doctrine is I already know what it is and so uh be, be avoid them and be be aware of those that are preaching that false gospel may you stand with me um, verse 18 for they that are such that are preaching a contrary doctrine for they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ you can't serve Jesus and start preaching another doctrine Uh You can't, God is one, there's only one message, one way, uh, one truth, and and one light. And so you can't have multiple doctrines of salvation. Uh, For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, and by good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. That is why uh, we are told to... uh, uh, study and the search the scriptures rightly divide it because uh, you don't want, we don't want to be deceived by somebody who who can speak well or or or, or, or do these things that can deceive people we got to know what the gospel is and the, the doc the apostolic doctrine uh, and it begins in acts it begins with repentance and and baptism in Jesus name and fill the Holy Ghost uh, and then you can move on from there uh, and so um For your obedience has come abroad unto all men, uh, their obedience to the doctrine. Uh, I am glad, therefore, on your behalf, but yet I would have you wise unto that which is good and simple concerning uh, evil. And the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. And the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. How many want God to bruise the devil's feet, the Satan's head in your life? Amen. That comes by sticking to the doctrine. Not departing from that, but holding true and uh, be uh, being obedient to the gospel, living by the word of God. And you let God work the things out. And you just submit to God and say, God, hey, this is not my battle. This is your battle. I'm just a child. I'm just a servant. The master has to do the fighting. The king of kings is one going to do the one battling. And so stick to the right doctrine, preaching the gospel, and we're going to see that God's hand come down and do things like never before. More. Amen. We don't want to uh, pollute or water down what God has done. we got to stick to it uh, like, like they did back then. Verse 25, as I close. Now now to him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery which has been kept secret since the world began. Um Uh, that Jesus would would come to this earth. That's what God was holding uh, holding back from uh, uh, since the beginning of the world. Uh, Now is made manifest uh, and and by the scriptures of the prophets according to the commandments of the everlasting God made known to all nations for the obedience of faith. To God only wise be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. Uh, And so... Uh, as, as great as a book, uh, a letter as Romans is, Amen, we we are part of that church. Uh, there's no difference in doctrine between us and the Romans, between us and Paul and the apostles, amen. There's only one church, one body of Christ, one bride of Christ, and I'm glad to be a part of it. As a Gentile, we're blessed to be here. And, and so, as they say, when the Gentiles praise you, the Lord, worship the Lord, get together and thank the Lord. Praise you, the Lord, all you Gentiles. We have a lot to be thankful for. Amen. So why don't we do that together as we close out. Let's thank God for his many blessings. Thank him for his doctrine and the word of God in our lives. The Holy Ghost who has brought us out of chapter 1 to live a blessed life in chapter 12 and beyond. And so we are blessed people. Let's worship the Lord together and give him praise and thank him. Amen. We don't deserve to be here. We thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, we give you praise. Say, my God, how how great you you are. Jesus, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah. How great it is to get together, the one, the doctrine that binds us together. We have confirmation from the Spirit of God that, hey, we're in the right place, amen, and we don't want to leave, amen, we don't want to leave the doctrine, man, we want to stick close to God and His Word and be obedient to that because God has brought us so far, From chapters 1 through 3, brought us out of that pit, and now we're living chapter 12 in a blessed life. Amen. We don't want to go back. Amen. Amen. God bless you all you're dismissed tonight. Go live a righteous life and be an example unto others.